Well, you are listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are live, by the way, if you want to call into the show. We're live. If you're listening on Sunday between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy Time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, that means we are live on this Sunday. And you can call in and weigh in on the topics that we are talking about. And... Uh, we, our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have the terror attack that took place where a father and son were slaughtered in uh, an Arab uh, area uh, north of Jerusalem, and uh, we're going to talk about that and what the, uh, the chief rabbi of Sfat, that's a city in northern Israel, it's a holy city, by the way, uh, has to say about it, and others as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about economic updates arms to the Middle East, normative energy, and admitting my errors. Not mine, of course. I never err. (laughs) I'm just joking. But uh, we're going to be talking about that as well. But first, let's go to the news story uh, about the terror attack that took place. And well, actually, it's terror attacks that are taking place. There's shootings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I'm going to introduce my guest first, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mid East and world issues. And I want to welcome you to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you. Okay, so I want to go, uh, maybe you'll give us a summary, and then I'll go into one of the articles here from a rich Shev I wanted to uh, read to the listeners. Go ahead. Well, basically, these two gentlemen had gone to this Arab town to service their automobile less expensively than servicing it in, in a Jewish place, um, which basically is kind of dumb, but some people do that sort of thing. <clears throat> And they paid for it with their lives because some, um, basically some barbarian uh, took, the, took, took advantage of this situation and shot them five times at point blank range. Tack was completely unprovoked, of course. They were just there. But as far as these, uh, these barbarians are concerned, that is sufficient reason. That, you know, the fact that a Jew exists is sufficient reason to kill him. So that's what that's what this guy did. They, and as far as I'm aware, they're still looking for the guy. Eventually, they'll find him. They always do, um, and he will be, as the saying goes, uh, neutralized. Um, uh, uh, it was a completely um, uh, uh, superfluous act to have happened. It does no good for the Arabs. It does them much more harm than it does them good. It does no good for anybody. But people are tend to be stupid. Okay, so let me read you a statement by uh, the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, who he says here the same rhetoric. On behalf of the citizens of Israel, I would like to send condolences to the family of Shai and Aviad. May their memories be be blessed. A father and son were murdered in a brutal terrorist attack in Huwara. The secretary forces are working now to apprehend the murderer and settle accounts with him, just as we have done with anyone who murders Israelis since this government was formed. This terrorist day will come and sooner than he thinks, Netanyahu said. And uh, there's more to the article there. You can read that on Ruth Sheva. 
And it's the same rhetoric that we hear over and over and over again. We don't need the prime minister's condolences. We don't need the prime minister to just go and get the perpetrator after he's already uh, committed these bloody murders and the slaughter of Jewish people who are peacefully going to get their car washed in an Arab area that's in Israel that thousands of Jewish motorists use every single day. It connects the north uh, of uh, the communities towards Jerusalem uh, to the south. I've gone on that route before as well. It is a uh, very... um, it's like you're going right through the city of Arabs, and it's very, very dangerous because of the terrorists that we continue to tolerate that live there because we just keep kicking the can down the road. We don't want to take care of the problem. And when we have to, because there's been another terrorist attack, the prime minister and or whoever's in power will say, our condolences with the family, and we're going to get that guy, don't worry. But that doesn't stop the future. That doesn't stop the future slaughtering from happening and the future fear of families who are driving their children back and forth to the city, uh, to Jerusalem or wherever, uh, or back home uh, from having to fear that they're going to be slaughtered, they're going to be the next one in line, that the prime minister is going to give condolences to their family too. It is unacceptable in my, in my book, in many people's books, and I just want to read you something else here. Uh, that the uh, rabbi of uh, the chief rabbi of Sfat, which is a holy city up in the northern part of Israel near the Sea of Galilee, just above it, and uh, it is, he says here, stop acting like the British army and start acting like a Jewish army. Because what did the British do? The British would also uh, stop the Jews from defending themselves. Jews were not allowed to own guns. God forbid a Jew should have a gun. And if a Jew was caught with a gun, guess what happened? Tell them, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, what would happen if the British caught a Jew with a gun? He was uh, summarily executed on the spot. That's right. He was executed. What they they now call extrajudicial executions, which is against, which is uh, against international law, by the way. But that, but the British have never been, have never been dependent upon law, have they? So, uh, Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu referred today, I'm reading from Arutsheva, uh, on Sunday, to the attack in Hurara, in which a father and son were murdered and spoke about the way to deal with terrorism and prevent future attacks. Quote, after the terrible murder of a father and son in cold blood in Huara on a central axis where thousands of residents pass every day from dozens of localities, the IDF spokesman issues two announcements. One, what are Jews doing in Huara? It's disgusting to say that. What are you doing there? Excuse me? <laughs> I mean, really? Excuse me? Be- you're, you're guilty for your murder because you were giving business to the Arabs that are supposed to be uh, good citizens? They're supposed to be. They're not, unfortunately, sadly. Uh, and the second, he says, that the Jews may not avenge the spilled blood. And so the rabbi here is saying, what is the IDF, the Israel Defense Force spokesman's problem? What? You are the British Army? 
Rabbi Eliyahu asked. And then he goes on more. I, I encourage you to go to Arut Sheva and read that article. It's called Rabbi Eliyahu IDF should stop acting like the British army and start acting like a Jewish army. And if you want to know what a Jewish army would act like, go and read the Bible and go and read what King David and King Saul, Shaul, did to the enemies of Israel that would come in and murder Jews and, and, uh, and attack the Jewish people. Go look what they did. That is the Jewish way, not what we are doing today in trying to kick the can down the road, trying to appease the West, trying to make the world love us and look how good we are. We're tolerating this and we believe everybody is equal and everybody, etc., etc., etc. This is the wrong way to do it. And we see because two more dead Jews here and it's not going to stop. You want to weigh in? I just want to add one one point which I should have said before, um, I, I said the British would have summarily executed them just for people just for people who like numbers. In 1947, one year, the British summarily executed in that man in that manner 210 Jews in 1947. Summary executions without trials, without any legal um, uh, uh, process, um, just killed. 210 Jews. Yeah. We were not allowed to, to, to defend ourselves under the British. And under this uh, government, even with Itamar Ben-Gvir, who's a good guy in my book, uh, in, in trying to keep Israel secure, he is trying to get people more guns on the street in order to be able to protect themselves and stop terrorists in their tracks before it, 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 so the police, you don't have to wait for the police to get there. And he's killing, the, the terrorists are killing more people. I shouldn't say he because they're female terrorists as well. And they kill more and more people until police arrive. So if more civilians, who most of them are army trained, can uh, take out this um, scrouge, I hope that's the right English word, uh, the, the, the better. So kudos to him. And I, I pray that our government has the wisdom and the courage to do what needs to be done and not pussyfoot around like we've been doing over and over again and expecting different results. Okay. We have another uh, two minutes or so. Uh, let's go to some of our other news stories. And I, and I just want to say we pray for the victims and their families. And this should never happen again. But unfortunately, I think that that's wishful thinking. Let's go to, you want to go to economic updates or arms to the no, Middle look, East? I, I, love, I have two errors that I need to, uh, to uh, correct. Okay. Uh, and and uh, I think it's very important for a person who has some sort of public persona to be able to admit his errors. Okay. So the first error is uh, a listener sent me a mail the beginning of last week, and unfortunately, I lost the mail that he sent me, so I don't remember the name of the person. I think it was Zahim. I'm sorry. I don't remember. What he asked me was, I hope he's listening. Uh, What he asked me, do I know anything about the gas pipeline which is supposed to run through Niger? The answer is, first of all, there is no gas pipeline. There is a intention for a gas for a future gas pipeline uh the project has not yet begun it's still very much deeply in uh, uh discussions one of the one of the opinions and this is not verifiable for the um for the coup was because the, Niger- the nigerian people desire the pipeline the american government was against it and evident apparently that was one of the reasons for the coup um, uh, people be, need to be aware that this coup, more than anything else, was not against 
specifically the government of Najir, but against the um, uh, um, uh, uh, okay, hang on. Control. We gotta go right. to a break. We're gonna be right back. You'll let us know when we get back. All right, we are back here at the Tamariano Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we're going to go to a caller, but first I wanted you to answer your question, your admitting my errors, which I said, of course, they're not mine because I never err, right? (laughs) Um, All right, so continue where you left off, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Okay, I'm going to answer two errors, and this is only the first one, but we'll get get to that after the caller. Uh, Right now, uh, let me just complete the answer that I began. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, France, of course, was the colonial overlord. I, I don't like that terminology. I, I couldn't find a, a more appropriate way to state it. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, of that whole, of that entire area, people should be aware that to this day, even though these countries are somewhat sovereign, 14 countries in West Africa still use French currency because they are forced to continue in their colonial um, uh, subservience to France. Their, co- their economies are controlled by France. France was the world's third largest slaver and slave trader. More than a quarter of a million Africans died on their way from Africa to America in French ships. Just to give people uh, a, 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 a better understanding of this, even after long after slavery ended, in 1880, 90% of Africa was self-governing. That's 9-0. In 1900, 20 years later, 90% of Africa was colonized by Europe. So that's the context. Um, and that's why the pipeline does not yet exist. It is only in uh, advanced discussions, but it's been in advanced discussions for quite some time. So yeah. now we can go to that caller. And that's, and that's also why a lot of people have, uh, I mean, a lot of people in Africa have a lot of resentment. Uh, for Europe, because of uh, exactly. No, I don't think I'd call it a resentment. I'd call it a deep hatred. Okay, <laughs> I wanted to be more, more uh, gentle. But okay, all right. Let's go to a caller, and then we'll go to your second error. Everybody's waiting for that one. Uh, we have joining us Antonio from the United States. Hi there, Antonio. What's your comment or question for us here at Israel News Talk Radio? My question is: is well, when will Israel take ownership and stop the terrorist activities um, occurring? Number two. Um, do you think it possible that Hashem restructuring the world mean that um, that Israel and other countries return back to him and people get away from slavery and terrorism? I, I didn't understand the second question. Did you, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem? No, I did not. I I was Can you repeat that, that again, the second one? Sure. Um, possible. Is it possible that men trying to restructure the world but Hashem has already has its plan. So instead of, I guess when they try to restructure the Hashem plan comes in, into friction and they be on, a, on an even keel because the destruction, what's going on right now is pure destruction all over and including with Israel. So Israel needs to get, you know, I guess ownership of its own country to do what is right for the Jews, the one who, who all wants to live there and so forth. So, what can we do as individuals 
to make that um, change for better. Okay, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, do you want to respond? It's a fascinating question. Thank you, Antonio. Um, uh, uh, let me address the first part of it first. I'll continue them. I, I would con- consider them to be one question, but um, uh, uh, because they're definitely linked. Um, uh, okay. How can Israel can prevent future terror attacks? The answer is um, simple to state, very difficult to comprehend. There is no way to escape terror attacks that are perpetrated by lone gunmen that have no predisposition or pre-planning involved. There's, there's no way to prevent that. The only way to prevent that kind of activity is to take total control over the um, education of the population, which of course is a at least a 20 to 30 year process, because they've all been, been educated for maximum hatred and maximum violence, um, the population there is extraordinarily violent, even among themselves, by the way. I mean, we, we've seen instances where um, uh, uh, they, they, they're shooting in the in the air at a wedding, and they shoot one another just out of joy. And so they're, they're an extraordinarily uh, um, uh, uh, violent population. They've been educated for violence for decades now. It's very difficult. The only way to alleviate that is eventually to... Um, uh, implement a plan that um, I, I'm looking for the polite way to say this, but I, I, I do mean it to be polite. That that the population can be thinned out in, in uh, a manner that does not um, harm either side. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm involved, and I have a friend, a close friend, who's strongly involved in something called the Jordan Option. This is one possibility where Jordan becomes Palestine and all of the, um, that is to say they actually changed their name, and all of the, uh, or, or a large portion of the uh, Arab population that consider themselves Palestinians then go home to, the, to their own nation. So that the Arab population here within Israel becomes much, rel- relatively much smaller, and therefore um, uh, the impetus for this kind of violence, social violence, is alleviated. But that's the only way I'm aware of that that can happen. Um, uh, 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 anything, uh, any kind of violent activity that would attempt to prevent this kind of thing would be horrific and in the long run would not actually function, would not actually work. So that's the first thing. The second part of your question is how, what can individuals do to um, uh, uh, alleviate this pressure? Phenomenal question. I thank you very much. Individuals, even in other countries, can work to uh, uh, alleviate these pressures. It is not something that nobody can, has, has anything to do with it. For instance, letter writing to, um, for an American, writing letters to the State Department to uh, try to convince them to uh, um, uh, implement the Jordan option, which, which I just mentioned, would definitely have a, a very positive and clear effect upon um, uh, these processes are going on here. The American government is the prime uh, 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 preventer of solutions at this time. It hasn't always been. I'm not saying that America as a country, heaven forbid. Um, but the American, um, um, uh, 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 the Biden maladministration, as they call it, um, has worked and is continuing to work very hard 
to prevent any kind of solution because their desire is, for maxim- is to maximize chaos. Okay, I'm going to weigh in on the issue since you're finished, and I'm going to, first I'm going to preface with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem is an amazing person. I have the highest respect for him, and what I like about him also is that we can agree to disagree, and I vehemently disagree. (laughs) I'm going to weigh in on this, now I'm going to say why. And that doesn't mean that I'm right, it just means this is my opinion. And that is that we uh, have to remove the problem. We have a population that is a fifth column, and there is no time to re-educate them. We have to, in my opinion, and in the opinion of others who are generals and uh, military people and religious people, etc., you remove them. You say goodbye. We are going. There was a population exchange after World War II, and we are going to do a population exchange, whether we have a partner in that or not. Uh, we we can uh, just say goodbye. And then if there are any good Arabs, they can apply to come back. And we will we will look at a, on a case by case basis, whether they uh, are, are never made any problems. They were never arrested. They were good citizens. They 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 were peaceful. And then we can decide to let those uh, few Arabs back in. But uh, unfortunately, and I say this sadly, that the majority of the Arabs hate us and the majority of the Arabs want to see our destruction. So we cannot tolerate having a fifth column in our country. We cannot tolerate a father and his son to be slaughtered because he goes to wash his car in a place where some IDF leftist is saying, what was he doing there? As if he's blaming that Jewish man for giving business to this Arab. And why is it cheaper? I'll tell you why. Because the Arabs, there is not uh, uh, what you think is uh, we, we claim all the time equality. The Arabs have much more freedom in many ways than the Jews do. The Arabs, many of them, don't pay taxes, and they're able, therefore, to make things cheaper where the Israelis are taxed to the hilt, up to our, we're choking with taxes, and in order to be able to make a living and keep our business going, we have to have higher prices to be able to pay for what the government demands from us. Okay? I want to put that out there. For the second thing, I think that your question, uh, Antonio, was that you've got this like these power elites who are trying to change the world and what is you know maybe it's for god's plan did i get that right so far Yes. Okay. And so, you know, I do believe that God controls everything and that perhaps these people think that they're uh, making these uh, laws and changing the world and trying to bring uh, everybody, you know, uh, uh, together under one umbrella so they can rule them easier you know, like uh, dictate easier, which is evil because they're, they're unelected people. Uh, these people in the World Economic Forum, nobody voted for them in their governments, etc. cetera. And, uh, but you know what? Ma- what they say, man plans and God laughs. Man proposes, but God disposes. And I think this is going to play into the hands of God because we do know that when the Messiah comes, we are going to be living more or less, more or less under a one world government where God is ruling, God's law, and you'll have your your different countries still, your different cultures, etc. And all of these places are going to come and they're supposed to come to the temple in Jerusalem because the third temple is going to be a place for all of mankind to come and visit and to pray to Hashem. And they will be doing that. And we're going to have peace in the world because people are going to realize that there is one God. We're all created by him. There's no, it doesn't make sense to go killing each other. And that's when we, we take our, our swords and bang them down into plowshares, as they say, more or less. And with that, the music is on. We got to go. Thank you for your call, Dr. I'm sorry. I have, 
Antonio, and thank you for your opinion, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. My opinion, your opinion, they're both good. And we'll be back after the break. Thank you. We are back after the break. You're listening to the Tamar Yonah Show here on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we're speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Remember, this is a live show if you're listening on Sunday. If you're listening to this show after Sunday, then it means that this show is a rebroadcast of the live show. And you cannot call in. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We had a very lively discussion in the last segment. Thank you, Antonio, for calling in. And Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, you wanted to weigh in also. Again, go ahead. Uh, no, I don't want to continue with that. I mean, basically, we agree there are there are various options. Your option is a legitimate option. I think it's less than practical, but that that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's easy to to implement. Um, I think the Jordan option is a better option. But as I say, there are various options, and they're, and they're all good. The, we're making the same point. The basic point is that the. Um, uh, the fifth column, as you described it, which is a, a not inaccurate description, uh, needs to be thinned out. When they have less of a proportion of the of the total population, they will be less violent. We've seen this in the past, and we've seen this in other places around the world. So that that that's the. Yeah, I mean, basically, we agree. We, we, we disagree, perhaps, on the on the exact precise mechanism, but we agree on the concept. Okay. All right. So what topic do you want to talk about now? Okay. I, I want to just finish up, uh, uh, correct the second error that I made, which I'm, this one I'm very happy to correct. Uh, in January 2020, I wrote a prognostication report, a, a, a really big report, about 300 some odd pages. And in the report, I predicted that Latin America and Africa would remain international backwaters, tightly controlled by, the, by their colonial masters, Notice I did not say former colonial masters. Um, but, however, we are now seeing significant first steps in Africa to finally break the chains that have bound them, and I'm very, very pleased to have been wrong on that. So I'm hoping very much that this process in, that we're seeing in West Africa will spread and will continue and will strengthen, and I hope very much to see uh, 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 in the very near future Basically, Africa free again for Africans and not for other people to take unfair advantage of them just because they have more guns. Okay, beautiful. I, okay. I, I've, I've been to Africa. I've, been, I've visited Africa. It's the f most phenomenally beautiful place on the planet in that sense, in terms of nature. And I like the Africans very much. And I'm very much root, uh, rooting for them. Is that the right word? <laughs> Yes, and I, I root for them also that they get rid of their corruption because it's a rich, rich continent, and yet there are so many poor people because of the corruption there, and that's really, no, really sad. No, it's not because of corruption. It's because, because the colonial powers basically designed that in, and that, and that has to change. That, need has, that needs to change. You no, know, we just and read in the, in the like Torah. Now in, in Nigeria, and I'm very, very happy to see Okay, it. but we just read in the Torah the, uh, the, uh, this, this last week 
on, on uh, Shoftim, which is judges, that we, we're supposed to set up courts of law and that the judges are not supposed to take bribes and the judges have to be very, very careful in how they judge a case, not to look at this or look at that, to be very straight. And unfortunately, there's a lot of corruption happening in the present governments today in, in Africa. And, and whether yeah, it's the all, fault all, of Europeans of or not, every person is responsible for themselves. Every judge is responsible for himself. And I would like to see less poor people, less people suffering. And, you know, and I would like to see justice there, that people can Absolutely. get justice. So uh, that's my and word for And it. the Africans really deserve it. They have suffered so much. It's just, it's just heartbreaking to review the history of what, what, what they've endured for the last few centuries. Yeah, it's it's a, and it's a rich continent. continent. It's really Absolutely. a pity, really real pity. Okay, Absolutely. so next topic. Uh, arms. Okay, let's go to some just quick updates okay. in, in the economic field, and then we'll, we'll get to a whole okay. bunch of little updates, and then we'll get on to a larger subject. But we'll start off with, 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 the, with these quick updates. First one is uh, Germany. Uh, Germany finally has final agreement. That means that the American State Department has signed off on it. Germany has agreed to purchase the Arrow 3 anti-missile defense system from Israel. Remember, this is after Finland had purchased already the uh, David Sling uh, 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 missile defense system from Israel. So uh, 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 both of these systems will be overlapping systems. Arrow 3 uh, defeats ballistic missiles while they're still in space. Uh, 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 David Sling is for shorter range missiles, but they, 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 they work very well together. And of course, Germany and Finland are uh, geographically close, so they will work together, both of these systems. Um, and this is a $3.5 billion deal to begin with, but of course, there are many uh, additions to that. And of course, uh, um, it does not escape every, any Jew in Israel that Germany, and we all know the history 80 years ago, is now coming to Israel that we should protect them. And that's, that's something which makes us all feel very nice. Um, and I should say that the, the Arrow 3 is the, is the present version. Arrow 4 is already well into development, and uh, it should be ready relatively shortly. So how that will how that will work out in the end we don't know yet. Okay, so that's that that's the first um, update. Um, we need to be aware, and this is something that escapes people. A lot of people you, you hear a lot in the international media that uh, somehow borders are sacrosanct when 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 the media feels that it's, that that's convenient to them. Um, one third of all international borders are less than one hundred years old. <clears throat> So we need to understand that borders are not something that are sacrosanct. Borders historically constantly change, and there's nothing wrong with that. Next one. Um, U.S. homeless population continues to grow at an astounding rate. 90% of homeless, 9-0, of homeless formerly had a home, but they've been evicted by the economic turmoil going through the United States right now. The federal government has just offered $3 billion to help the homeless. To put that into perspective, they offered $3 billion to help the homeless and $39 billion for college graduates. That's $5,000 for each person who's in trouble, $49,000 for each college graduate that will make a lot of money throughout their lives. That's the, that's the next point. Um, uh, uh, another thing, I, I, uh, a story which I find 
fascinating. El Al, Israel's national character, our flagship um, 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 airline, has just announced plans to dump Boeing. Boeing has been El Al's sole supplier of airplanes since 1948. Um, El Al is now about to buy about 30 new planes from Airbus. And I would say that this is a very significant kick in the, I don't want to say what, to the, to the Biden administration. And um, so what does that mean for us flyers? Oh, well, they're just, it's, for, for, in terms of the flyers, it's meaningless. Um, we'll have updated airplanes, which is nice. I mean, the airplanes will be newer and a little better. That's, you know, every generation of, the, of a product gets better. But the, the, I don't think the flyer cares if, it's, if the manufacturer of the airplane was Boeing or Airbus. So that, that doesn't matter to anybody. Okay. It's just this, this is a strategic um, uh, a change, a change which I think that any American who knows anything about anything in the national affairs says that this has to say that this is a, 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 an extraordinarily step an extraordinary step for Israel to take, even though Alal is, is, is officially a private uh, company, can do whatever he likes. Um, nonetheless, as a national character carrier, um, this deal has um, strategic characteristics that, that people should be aware of, and they are very, very significant. Alal, mm-hmm. by okay. the way, is a three and a half billion dollar company in terms of revenue. Um, uh, uh, so this is not a this is not a trivial deal in terms of business. It's a very important deal in terms of uh, international strategy. Israel, for the first time in its history, is telling the United States, listen, we respect you enormously. You're very important to us, but you're not the only one out there. So I think this is a very, very interesting um, uh, uh, update. Um, uh, Next update, uh, there are two more. Next update, Uganda. Phenomenal statement that is being made I, I need to emphasize that this is not finished yet this is a process uganda in east africa before we were talking west africa russia and south korea who are not the greatest friends in the world have jointly seemingly agreed and again we do not know if this is signed yet or this is just in process it has not been verified have seemingly agreed to supply Uganda with two nuclear power plants. Uh, um, um, the entire continent of Africa today has one nuclear power plant in South Africa. And so they've tentatively agreed to two nuclear power plants in Uganda. Uganda has uh, uh, rich deposits of uranium. Um, and they're supplying it not for cash, but in return for supplying them with uranium. Again, a very interesting deal. Russia and South Korea, we have never yet seen a joint venture between Russia and South Korea. To see it in, uh, in Africa is fascinating. Hmm. And the last of these quickie updates um, uh, about food, something that everybody should be aware of and everybody should be cognizant of. We've talked about this issue uh, uh, briefly previously. Um, crucial food staples are in big trouble around the world. There's a lot of stress now in, 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 the, in the area of food. The biggest issue, first of all, is crumbling infrastructure. Remember, America became the preeminent um, uh, uh, economic power in the world by uh, uh, investing uh, in phenomenal world-leading infrastructure around the United States. 
And all of that infrastructure is now crumbling, has been in terrible shape since the time of Obama. Obama, remember, put, uh, uh, passed a law to have a special tax for the infrastructure. None of that money actually went to improve or maintain the infrastructure. We see places like the, the subway system in, in New York, which is a, a sewer system, um, uh, 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 terribly um, uh, filthy, terribly dangerous. Uh, people are afraid to travel on it. Um, you compare that with I don't I'm not going to compare it with uh, with Tel Aviv's new 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 subway system because that's 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 totally new. That's an unfair comparison. But if you compare it to uh, subway systems in, for instance, or mass transit systems in, in places like uh, uh, China and etc., um, uh, the 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 American infrastructure is crumbling, and this is causing vast problems across the world in terms of food. Remember, America traditionally, historically, has been a, a, a massive exporter of grains. Most of, the, most of it went out, by the way, via the um, uh, Mississippi River um, 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 water infrastructure, which itself is also under tremendous stress today. So I, 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 I'll make here a, a comment for people. What can you do about it? On an individual individual basis, we're all accustomed to vast numbers of products based upon wheat. We all need to start getting used to alternatives to wheat. The price of wheat is skyrocketing right now, as is also rice. So learn to or relearn to use things like oats, barley, and others. Um, uh, 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 mix them with legumes, uh, beans. Uh, our eating habits must and will change. The, 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 the last 50 years have been an aberration, and we need to go back to just eating, pet, eating well, eating properly, eating a balanced diet and a healthy diet and an intelligent diet. Yeah, I agree but, with you. The, the, the food that we eat today isn't even food, you know? No, a lot of it is really it's garbage. Plastic. It's really awful stuff. Um, I mean, when, thank, when, thank, when you're hammered on French I, fries, I, 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 don't, don't deteriorate. Years ago don't to get rot. myself off of that, but um, I, I eat about one to one and a half kilo of sugar per year. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and that's the, despite the fact that I make different kinds of preserves and, and, and uh, 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 orange marmalade and things like that. Even with that, I still use only about a kilo or a kilo and a half per year. Well, and that's good. That's okay. Yeah, it's very good. That's what people need to be thinking about. People need to be thinking about not just what's, what they're accustomed to, but how can they change their own habits to better suit where the world is going. The world is changing, and the changes are rapid and, well, fascinating, frankly. You know, I, I, I never thought to do this, but I, I really want, since, since you're talking about it, it's just before the end of the show, so we have a, a, a minute or so to do so, I, I want to say here that I, I've been watching on YouTube all sorts of these, you know, so-called experts, and you can decide for yourself whether you want to listen to them or not, but there's one I want to recommend that I really appreciate just because he explains things so well. He's not high-tech. You might even just see him in front of a chalkboard talking, but he's he's amazing in my book. He's a Swedish. Um, uh, he was an Olympian at one time. You can see he's really fit still, even in his older age now. Um, and his his name is Doctor Sten 
Eckberg. That's spelled S like in Sunday, T-E-N, Eckberg, E-K-B-E-R-G. Look him up. Watch some of his videos. I think he is amazing. I really, really appreciate him because it's not just telling you, you should take this vitamin and this is cause, this is caused because of that. He explains to you exactly what's happening in your cells and why you should avoid doing these bad habits that you're doing, what foods you should avo- uh, avoid, etc. It's just amazing stuff. I really, really like him a lot. Again, Dr. Sten Eckberg, look him up and then decide for yourself whether you want to follow him or not. Okay. Any last thing you want to say, Dr. Mordechai ben No, I'd like to go on to know the, 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 the subject of arms to the Middle East. Ah, I think it's apologies. Yes, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, um, uh, remember, when we're talking about the Middle East, we're not talking about just Israel, of course. We're talking about the entire Middle East. The entire Middle East, um, in this sense, we probably should probably include all of North African countries and as far east as Iran, uh, if we want to say Middle East, we probably would not include South Asia countries like, uh, for instance, Pakistan and India. So just to uh, 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 terminate the, uh, uh, just to uh, determine the uh, uh, approximate geographic area, that's the Middle East. Um, first thing that we need to be aware of is that both Al Qaeda and ISIS are growing rapidly, probably faster. They have faster growth now than they ever had in their history. Um, so in other words, the uh, uh, American um, uh, debacle in Afghanistan actually strengthened Al-Qaeda. Aside from the, its temporary setback, Al-Qaeda now is active in many more countries than it was when, when America invaded Afghanistan. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, a major result of all that is that we've seen a phenomenal upgrade in Chinese arms sales to the entire West Asia region. Um, uh, they've, these sales have jumped by 80%, 80 80% jump in Chinese arms sales. The U.S. is very nervous. So what do they, what do they do when they're nervous? They threaten everybody. They don't threaten the China. They threaten the people that are, that are looking to purchase arms. So let's, let's look at an example. China does not, um, uh, um, uh, um, when China does an arms deal with with a country, um, what they do is they simply do an arms deal. America, well, you have an end user agreement. You have all sorts of strings attached. You can only use it in this way. You can't use it in that way. You have to get approval from the State Department. You this have to get true. approval from Congress. This and, is on Israel. Blah, blah, Israel blah, blah, can't blah. use it this way. Israel can't use it that way. Right. Yeah. So just to give an example, um, uh, uh, United Arab Emirates, and the Saudis wanted armed drones. The U.S. Um, uh, said, "Oh yes, well, 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 we can talk about that. You know, the discussion will take about ten years, but we can talk about it." And they both said, "You know what? Shove it, shove it in a very dark place." And they bought from China. The China the technology was at least as good as the American technology. They paid half the price that Americans were asking for it. There was no no need for any congressional congressional approval. China simply did a deal. You want to purchase a, a, a product, you purchase the product. That's it. Just a purchase. So let me give you numbers just to, just to put things into perspective. Um, 2010, 2018, China sold in the Middle East $760 million worth of, uh, of, uh, of arms. 
while in the same period, Russia sold $8.6 billion and the United States sold $35.2 billion against Chinese 760 uh, 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 in that period from 2010 to 2018. Hmm. Last year alone, China sold $4 billion to Saudi alone, Saudi Arabia alone. So we've seen that the, 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 the Chinese sales are skyrocketing. In March, China and Saudi agreed to a joint venture to manufacture UAVs. The United States refused to consider that. They wouldn't even discuss it. Um, remember, the U.S. sold Saudi Arabia Patriot batteries. I've, I've discussed Patriot several times in the past. It's a, a, an American system for uh, anti-missile and anti-aircraft um, a system which has never been successful. It's a piece of garbage, actually. The Saudis paid them a billion dollars for each um, a battery, for each system. The Americans simply, when the when it turned out that the system was a total failure in protecting the Saudi installations, when the Houthis and the Iranians attacked the Saudi um, uh, uh, oil fields, for instance, a few years ago, the, the Patriot system did absolutely nothing, totally ineffective. Uh, the Americans simply went back, took it back. Now, they didn't, did they return the money to the Saudis? No, of course not. I don't know if anybody in the, in the White House knows anything about Arabs. The Arabs are and always have been throughout thousands of years the world's foremost merchants. If you cheat them, they will put a knife in your gut. <laughs> That's the way it works. If you cheat them publicly... They will never, never forget it. Honor is a huge value, uh, in, uh, and it's Absolutely. more than money. It's worth uh, your honor is worth much more than money. Where the West Absolutely. would have money much more over the honor, culturally. And, and 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 Americans just simply refuse to acknowledge that there exist other cultures than their own, and they, um, uh, um, they're, they're, I don't know. I, I don't want to call it theft, but they're. Um, 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 they took back the Patriot systems without even recompense or even asking the Saudis. They just took them. Um, the Saudis weren't really, didn't really care about the fact that the Americans took them because they were worthless. But they paid billions of dollars for this worthless garbage. Hmm. So, um, I, I, you know, I don't think this is a question of fairness. I think this is a question of, I don't know, cultural sensitivity. Brains? <laughs> Would you like something like like to call it just simply intelligence? I mean, in the sense of a brain, somebody have, somebody out there has a brain somewhere. You, you can't simply stomp on people and bully them and expect them to love you. So the Chinese are selling arms to the Middle East while America is crying. Basically, this is not something that anybody's even proud of. I'm not proud of it. As an Israeli, I'm not proud of it. I like America. It's sad, you know, and it's sad when you see America decaying today because America is a great country and uh, it's brought much light into the world in the sense of being free and how people are equal. A little boy could grow up to be president or a little girl could grow up to be president. Hasn't happened yet, but 
but just the ideas it's it's been a place where people could be landowners and you didn't have to be part of the elite you know you didn't have to be part of the the upper caste system in order to be a landowner so it's been it's been a blessing for the world and to see it decaying now is very very it's i i i am just almost distraught seeing it it just it's just so sad you know i have to comment on what you just said because you're absolutely correct of course but aside from that uh, I, I'm just as an observer. I, I don't know a great deal about what's going on right now in America, and I can't claim to be an expert on the American political processes. However, when I look at what's going on in the race for the presidency right now, I must say that I've been extraordinarily impressed with this gentleman, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, um, the Indian he says guy? things that really, really make a great deal of sense. Are you talking about the Indian guy that Tucker Carlson just interviewed? I, I don't know about Tucker Carlson, okay. but... Uh, <laughs> um, it's the first uh, time I saw uh, him. I didn't know about him. of Indian then. extraction. There are two people of Indian extraction running for the presidency, actually. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, Nikki Haley. Both of them are extraordinarily impressive uh, persons. Both of them are extraordinarily uh, uh, intelligent and accomplished. Both of them have yeah. tremendous, uh, have I think phenomenal I agree. CVs. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with both of them. Um, of course, Nikki Haley is very well liked here in Israel as well. Um, uh, and I think these, 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 both of these persons are extraordinarily talented and well suited for high office, whatever that high office may be. I don't know. All right. Well, the music is on. That means it is the end of our show. And I hope that you all uh, got something out of it, that there was value here for you. Take what you want. Leave the rest. You can always write us info, I-N-F-O, or Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. And thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you.